Welcome back, listeners, to Our Right Stories, a podcast created and developed by the Just Right Scotland team. We have a special episode hosted by our very own Anna Maria, our Senior Communications Officer. This episode highlights migrants' ability to access higher education in Scotland with two of our special team members as guest speakers. Take it away, Anna Maria. Access to higher education for migrant students in Scotland is now a reality. I'm Anna Maria, Senior Communication Officer at Just Right Scotland, and we're here today with Andy Sirel, Legal Director of Just Right Scotland, and Macy Wilson, Legal Caseworker at Just Right Scotland, to talk about this topic. So, Andy, the first question is for you. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit uh, about the case, uh, how it started, uh, and what it was about, essentially? Yeah, so th- this case is about uh, a young woman called Ola, who was born in Iraq uh, and moved here with her family when she was about 10 or 11 years old. Uh She's lived here ever since with her family. They work, uh, you know, they have visas, they work, they, uh, you know, live normal lives here. Uh, and she, when she came here, she went to high school and she was a first class student, really, really clever, top grades. Uh, and when she came to her final year of school, she uh, decided that she wanted to be a doctor. She wanted to be a doctor, uh, I think it was a surgeon, she wants to be in the National Health Service. So, you know, when you get into your final year of school, you're applying for university and college and things like that. So alongside all her friends, she applies for uh, uh, medicine at Dundee University. And at that point in time, she is told that she is uh, actually an international student and she would not be entitled to uh, any access to tuition support or living costs that all other children and young people uh, who are British or settled in the UK uh, are entitled to. And, you know, she's shocked, quite frankly, at this. This this is, is a game changer for her because it means that going to university is effectively unaffordable and she can't go. So... Uh, Dundee University look at her situation and they say, okay, well, we understand that you've lived here for a very long time uh, and you're not really an international student. So they say, well, we'll we'll charge you home fees tuition. So she doesn't need to pay 20,000 a year. She needs to pay 2,000 a year. Um, But the the rules in Scotland that allow for funding uh, still uh, still don't let her get access to funding. And so... She tries to go, and she well, she does go to, to Dundee University, but it creates an enormous financial strain on her family. You know, loans, uh, working multiple jobs, going into a lot of debt. Uh, it affects her, her life in all sorts of different ways. Whether she, uh, you know, where she lives, whether she can socialise with her friends, it affects her socially. It affects her mental health. It, it damages her grades. You know, she's an extremely determined and capable young woman. And she was doing her very best. But when she moved into <clears throat> second year, you know, medicine's a really difficult degree. And it was getting harder and harder and harder. So when she was in second year, she applied for for, uh, for funding again. Uh, and the reason why she was uh, refused in the first place is because the Scottish rules say that if you are a, a migrant young person on a visa you need to have lived in the UK uh, either for seven years, if you were under 18 on the first day of your course, or for half your life, if you were over 18. Uh, 
Now, when Ola applied to, uh, when Ola entered first year of university, she was 17. Uh, and she had lived in the UK for uh, six years, 10 months. She was about 58 days short. And she said to the, 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 the Student Awards Agency of Scotland, SAS, she said, well, I'm only 58 days short. Can you just, you know, cut me a break? And they said, no. So in her second year, she applies again because she's lived here for over seven years. And she says, now I'm eligible. And they say, no, no, you're 18 years old now. You need to have lived in the UK for nine years. And so this, the, the, the goalposts keep changing. And it was going to be until she was in her early 20s before she ever qualified. So really putting a pause on her life. Uh, and all the while, this was causing financial strain on her family. So she goes to her MSP, uh, who refers her to us. And we look at this, and it's an issue we've been looking at for a long time and trying to work with migrant young people in Scotland about. And uh, we think, actually, this is the perfect case to try and uh, challenge these rules under human rights legislation. We had a separate case as well at the same time for a young person uh, who grew up in the care system here, lived in the UK for 10 years. Uh, he applied uh, to study an engineering degree because he wanted to join the Royal Air Force and he was uh, about 60 days short. So he was in a very similar situation. And you've got these two kids, you've got these two young people who call Scotland their home. They've lived here for a long time. They want to contribute in the most amazing ways to, to our society and we're telling them no. So when we received these referrals, we thought this was the perfect case. Uh, and so we, um, we, we raised what's called a judicial review, which is a special type of court action which challenges the uh, certain laws in Scotland. And we were base basing this case on the European Convention on Human Rights. That, uh, we all benefit from all the rights in the European Convention on Human Rights uh, through the Human Rights Act, 1998. Uh, and we all have a right to education. You have it, Maisie has it, I have it. So does Ola, and so does the other young person we worked with. And we were saying to the court, these rules that require you to have lived in the UK for seven years if you're under 18, or the day you turn 18, you need to have lived in the UK for nine years. These rules are not fair. First of all, they're measuring how integrated somebody is to Scotland and whether they can access fees, purely on how long you've lived here. Not on your grades, not on your family history, not on your own merits or your own circumstances, purely on how long you've lived here. Secondly, they create this cliff edge, right? Ola, when she was 17, needed seven years, and then she turns a day older and she suddenly needs nine? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, so th the rules were problematic for all sorts of different reasons. So we brought our, our, our case to the, uh, the Court of Session in Edinburgh. We argued that it was a violation of the European Convention on Human Rights. We argued that it was a violation of her right to education and that it discriminated against her uh, on the basis of her immigration status. Uh, the Scottish government defended it. They, they defended themselves until the end uh, on this case, uh, but ultimately we won. And so that you know that means that the the court found that this law was a violation of human rights and the government needed to do something about it and they needed to change the law 
Thank you, Annie. That was very clear. I think we go also uh, understand uh, the importance uh, of access to the education essentially for everyone as a right uh, that belongs to everyone. Maisy, I'm going to ask you a little bit uh, about uh, essentially what happened after the case and what actually is going to happen next. Yeah, um, well, the case kind of unlocked a series of events after that, a kind of a sequence. Um, so the opinion, which is the decision um, by the judge, uh, Lord Sanson, came out in September. Um, and then after that, kind of figure out what this meant, because the decision meant that the legislation in place was unlawful, so it couldn't be used anymore. Um, but there's young people applying for SAS funding all the time. Um, so it kind of, they had to put something in quite fast and it was really quite, from our point of view, I think quite a, a series of fast changing events. Um, the government came out with a consultation um, and they also asked us to answer the consultation because they knew that we were such a key player in the role. Um, so we had consultation drafts and also at the same time we did, um, myself and other caseworkers did some out outreach sessions on um, access to education and trying to explain how the law might change. Um, so this Seemed quite fast, but looking back, it's been over the course of about six or six to nine months that this has been happening. Um, and we finally submitted the consultation, which closed on the 31st of March. And then it was kind of a bit of a waiting game to see what the, the government would come back with. Um, but it's come back and it's scrapped the seven year rule and put it to a three year rule. Um, and there's L and they're also making it so um, children of uh, asylum seekers and also unaccompanied child uh, children seeking asylum can also get SAS funding now. So there has been a big improvement. There's also the year one rule, um, which is when if you apply for SAS funding, if you don't meet the eligibility criteria in the first year, that's you for the full course, unless you drop out and reapply, it's, which is quite a mind-boggling rule. Um, but they are not proposing to change that at the moment. Um, so we'll have to see what they do with that. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Maisie. Thanks. Andy, last questions for you. Uh, it's about uh, essentially what you think uh, and Nick, what you could tell us about the future of human rights law in Scotland after this case, essentially. Yeah, I think this case is a, it's a good news story. You know, when, 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 when we see human rights spoken about in the news and the media, I always get so frustrated because it tends to be viewed in a negative way, particularly through um, uh, the, uh, the the government's lens, the UK government's lens um, just now. Um, but this is a good news story. This is recognising that there's a right there that we all have. And it was uh, used to sort of advance and improve the lives of hundreds and hundreds of young people who call Scotland their home, who've grown up here, who are, you know, our, our friends and our family and our colleagues, uh, and gives them the chance to get the same level of uh, education as, as, as you and I, uh, and to, to grow up and, you know, fundamentally live their best life. It, it's a good example of the Human Rights Act being used in, in practice in our courts. You know, the Human Rights Act is designed to protect people who live in this country. Uh, and support their and protect their rights. Uh, it's an example where we used that particular piece of legislation and its its sister act, the uh, the, the Scotland Act. Um, we used it to Im improve the lives of hundreds of people, uh, and that happens actually uh, more often than you think. More often than gets reported, 
the Human Rights Act is under threat from the British government. They want to repeal it. Uh, and my message is that we cannot let that happen. Because if we do, then cases like this will never come to court. And the rights that are advanced for individuals like Ola uh, and the communities we serve uh, will not be advanced. And so we need to jealously guard it and stop it from, from being scrapped. And this is, I suppose, a good platform to start that, that campaign. Yeah, I think that's a very hopeful message to finish with because it gives us uh, and also our audience the opportunity to better understand the importance of the Human Rights Act and what the UK government is trying to do so that we don't have access to our rights fully and completely. Thanks again to Anna Maria, Andy and Macy for amplifying the story of Ola and other young migrant Scots about their access to higher education. If you want to find out more about this case and about the hashtag OurGradesNotVisas campaign, head over to the blog page on our website, justrightscotland.org.uk. And like always, listeners, make sure to like, comment, and share this podcast. And if you aren't already, go ahead and hit subscribe to make sure to get alerts of our newest episode drops. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs>